This is AutoLine Daily reporting on the global automotive industry. Looks like the U.S., Canada, and Mexico just took a step closer to getting a new free trade agreement. Last Friday, the Trump administration announced it will lift tariffs on steel and aluminum imported from Canada and Mexico. GM and Ford say that the tariffs cost them around a billion dollars, and FCA reported it cost $500 million. Suppliers also say that they hurt their business. These tariffs were a real sticking point on finalizing the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Trade Pact, the USMCA, which is replacing NAFTA. Today is a black day for a lot of employees at Ford. The Detroit Free Press reports that quite a few salaried workers packed up their belongings on Friday because they anticipate they're going to be laid off tomorrow. Ford is in the midst of an $11 billion overhaul, which could include as many as 25,000 jobs getting eliminated globally. The biggest brunt is expected to be borne by Ford's operations in Europe. Well, wow, what a shock at qualifying for the Indy 500 over the weekend. Simon Pagano powered his Penske Chevrolet to the pole position with a speed of 229.992 miles an hour. But the big buzz was the failure of Formula One star Fernando Alonso and Team McLaren to qualify for the race. One of the criticisms of IndyCar racing is that it's just a spec series. But when a Formula One champion and a leading Formula One team can't even go fast enough to qualify, it shows that this spec series is a lot more technically challenging than the critics seem to believe. We'll be back with more right after this. We have more technical details of the hybrid version of the police interceptor of the Ford Explorer. Ford calls it the MHT for Modular Hybrid Technology. It's a P2 hybrid, that is, the electric motor is sandwiched between the engine and a 10-speed transmission. It adds 45 kilograms and 135 millimeters in length to the powertrain. It also has a clutch so the vehicle can run in pure EV mode. The electric motor provides 35 kilowatts of power, that's about 44 horsepower. And combined with the vehicle's naturally aspirated 3.3 liter V6, total output is 318 horsepower and 322 pound-feet of torque. That allows the police interceptor to tow 3,500 pounds at sustained highway speeds based on the SAE J2807 test. Ford says it will get 24 miles to the gallon combined and that it will save 1,200 gallons of gasoline a year, assuming the vehicle is driven 20,000 miles a year and spends 60% of its time idling. At $2.75 a gallon, that would save $3,500 a year. And guess what Ford is charging for the MHT? $3,500. So the whole package should pay for itself in a year. Merrill Lynch came out with an interesting study comparing the value of all the parts and components in an ICE car, a battery electric car, and a level 4 and 5 autonomous car. It says the average U.S. car with an internal combustion engine has about $14,500 worth of content, but this does not include the cost of final assembly or profits. By the same measure, 
a BEV has $33,600 worth of content, and a level 4 and 5 AV has $150,000 to $200,000 worth, of which three quarters is hardware and one quarter software. It also includes R&D costs, which is a key reason why the cost is so high. To demonstrate how Mercedes is taking on future vehicle safety, it jam-packed all its latest technology into a single vehicle called the ESF 2019. Some of it we've seen, like projector headlights and turquoise lighting to communicate autonomous vehicle intent. But other technologies are new. A warning hazard symbol can be displayed on the grill or projected onto the rear window to indicate there's an issue in traffic or the vehicle has a problem. If the problem is with the vehicle, a warning triangle also pops out from the roof and a robot sets up a roadside warning as well. To keep the smallest rider safe, Mercedes developed a child seat that communicates with the vehicle via radio frequency, which allows it to take preventative measures before an accident, like pre-tensioning the safety belt. There's also an airbag system that completely envelops the seat, and even the child's vital signs are monitored. And Mercedes is trying to incentivize rear seat passengers to buckle up. A belt feeder extends the seat belt when the door is closed to make it easier to grab. The belt buckle lights up. The seat belt is heated and a USB port incorporated into the buckle doesn't connect until the belt is buckled. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires. Your journey, our passion. For decades, analysts predicted that cars in the future won't be made from steel. But so far, steel remains dominant. And on last week's AutoLine After Hours, we were joined by Dr. Jody Hall from the Steel Market Development Institute. And she explained why steel will play a role with electric and autonomous cars in the future. The work that we do mainly in Sheet is all about the structure of the vehicle and the chassis. And there are aspects of that that aren't going to change a whole lot. Sure, it's going to look different, and there are definitely challenges. But we're well positioned for those challenges because um, a couple of key areas are uh, packaging batteries. Because um, of the strength of steel, when you do any kind of packaging, we have smaller, more efficient sections because of the high strength. When you use a lower strength material, you have to have a larger geometry to perform the same and thicker material. So we can package more batteries and we can, so we can get a little more efficient efficiency out of that. And then also, uh, when you look at autonomous vehicles, they have this beautiful interior. It's very inviting, easy ingress and egress because they removed that center pillar. That center pillar is a very important part of a structure. And, you know, for um, noise and vibration and also for collision performance. But in an autonomous vehicle, people are going to expect that to be out of the way so they can get in and out of the vehicle and into their nice family room type setting like we're sitting here today. So I think because of steel strength and efficiency and how you can design the load paths and things, I think we're going to see that steel is going to have a, a part in the industry. So you'd have a hot stamped giant door ring for the... Just going to be a larger, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And, and we know that we need to keep the occupants safe in the future. It's going to be a long time before we get rid of all collisions. So I think that we have a strong future.
And for a deeper dive into the steel industry, you can watch that entire episode right now on our website, autoline.tv, or you can find it on our YouTube channel. But that brings us to the end of today's show. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you again tomorrow.